And now, friends, as we move into our experience of the word, we're going to turn to Psalm 103, which at its heart reminds us that we are dust, and then all around that reminds us of God's steadfast love. Psalm 103. Bless God, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless God's holy name. Bless God, O my soul, and do not forget all God's benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. God made known their ways to Moses, their acts to the people of Israel. God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God will not always accuse, nor will God keep their anger forever. God does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is God's steadfast love towards those who fear God. As far as the east is from the west, so far does God remove our transgressions from us. As a parent has compassion for their children, so God has compassion for those who fear God. For God knows how we were made and remembers that we are dust. As for mortals, their days are like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of God is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear God, and God's righteousness to their children's children, to those who keep God's covenant and remember to do God's commandments, God has established a throne in the heavens, and God's kingdom rules over all. Bless God, O you angels, you mighty ones who do God's bidding, obedient to God's spoken word. Bless God, all the hosts, you faithful that do God's will. Bless God, all God's creation, everywhere that God is sovereign. Bless God. Oh, my soul. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy God, we welcome your presence with us. We ask that you would open our hearts so that you might change us for good. Amen. Every year as we enter the season of Lent, we gather on Ash Wednesday with its call to reflection and repentance, an invitation to a fresh start. We pray together and we come forward and someone takes ashes and draws them on our forehead in the shape of a cross and says these words, remember from dust you have come and to dust you will return. Dust, remember dust. 
I don't think I have ever given dust much thought at all on Ash Wednesday until this year of re-envisioning everything we do. I get the imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday, how ashes signify for us repentance, a turning from harmful and unhealthy ways, the end of those things that need to go, marked in the sign of the cross with the hope and assurance of resurrection. But why then say this? Remember from dust you have come, and to dust you will return. When I first started to ask that question, I had the sense that this blessing, this blessing of dust was scriptural. But to be honest, I couldn't have told you where it is in the Bible. I thought it might be from a psalm and there is an echo there. But when I went to look, I found it first there in Genesis, in the very beginning. And then I kept going. And what I found is that the dust of us is all over scripture. Dust is there. In the very beginning, in the creation story, in Genesis 1, God creates everything that is. And on the third day, God parts the water so that the dry ground appears. In the creation story in Genesis 2, it gets even more intimate. God makes the earth and streams come up to water it. And God reaches down and takes the dust of the ground and shapes the human and breathes life into us. When things go awry, God tells the humans that they will now live off of the land, reminding them, for dust you are and dust you will return. That's, that's where it is. The dust of us, forever connected to the dust of the earth. And to Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, God says, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Our dust is everywhere connected to everything. As a story unfolds, as a people, we walk some dusty paths down into slavery and then back out again into freedom by God's liberating hand then into 40 years of wilderness, wandering through a dusty desert on the way to a land of promise. Then we are taken over dusty roads into exile, far from home, scattered like dust. And then we stumble back a living remnant life, pulsing persistently in the dust of us. The prophets talk of dust, the dust we make of our lives when systems of oppression grind and those things we cling to crumble. The prophets talk of God raising up the vulnerable from the dust. God raises up the poor from the dust. God lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor for the pillars of the earth are God's. Dust is there in the gospels as well. In one of the healing stories, Jesus encounters a man born blind and reaches down and takes some dust and spits into it and makes mud that Jesus then salves onto the blind man's eyes, go and wash. And scripture says that the man went and washed and came home seeing dust in Jesus's hands, an instrument of our healing. 
The Apostle Paul pulls all of this together when he talks of resurrection. He reminds us that we are made in the image of the one who was made from the dust of the earth and, and in Jesus Christ, we are made into the image of Christ, bearing the likeness and the life of Christ in these jars of clay. The dust of us is all over scripture. Dust is from whence we came. It is the stuff of us. Dust connects us forever to the earth and all creation to the soil and loam of the earth. Dust is what we can make of our lives and the world around us, the rubble of the lives we live. And even then, out of that dust, God can free us and heal us and raise us up to new life. And we come to this psalm, and there it is, dust, right at the heart of it, at the heart of this psalm, God remembers. God remembers how we are formed. God remembers that we are made of dust. That tender remembrance at the heart of this psalm is surrounded by grace. God knows that we are dust, that our days are like grass, but from everlasting to everlasting, God's love is with God's children. Again and again, this psalm reverberates the steadfast love of God endures forever. God forgives our sin, heals our hurt, pulls our lives up out of the pit, meets our need and crowns us with love and compassion. As high as the heavens are above the soil of the earth, so great is God's love for us. As far as the east is from the west and the north from the south, so far has God removed our sin from us. On Ash Wednesday, we say to each other, remember, from dust you have come and to dust you will return. What this psalm tells us is that God remembers. God remembers that we are dust. And from everlasting to everlasting, God's love abides with us. God never stops loving us. A rabbinic teaching says that each of us should have two pockets. In one should be the message, I am dust and ash. And in the other should be written, for me, the world was made. Remember, from dust you have come and to dust you will return. Remember from that beginning and beyond that return, God's steadfast love endures forever. During this Lenten season, we are embracing the theme, blessing for the journey. Lent is a journey. Over dusty roads, we travel with Jesus toward the cross. We travel with Jesus, listening and learning as he makes his way through the whole of life, the whole of Holy Week and the Last Supper and Gethsemane and the cross and beyond the cross all the way to resurrection. This Lent, we'll think of how that journey is a way of blessing Blessing infuses the world with good. When we speak words of blessing, we impart good. Think of blessing 
as the opposite of cursing. When we embody blessing, we live lives that infuse the world with good. As we begin this journey on this Ash Wednesday, I invite us to spend some time this evening, this week, this Lent, thinking about the blessing of dust. How is God in Jesus Christ infusing the world with good in the dust of us? We might start by grounding ourselves in this sense of deep connection to the dust of the earth and all creation. Then we might think some about the dust we are making of the earth, the actual earth in climate emergency and climate collapse. We might think of the systems we inhabit, the systems we prop up, the dust we make of our own lives and our world, the hurt and the harm that we have made, we might want to lament and to grieve. And then in connection with God and each other and all creation, we might, we might want to change. This past week, I stumbled on a poem entitled Blessing the Dust. I've been reading books of blessing, and there it was in Jan Richardson's book, Circle of Grace. She writes of the dust and ash of Ash Wednesday, and the heart of what she says is that what matters most is what, what God can do with that dust. Jan Richardson says it like this. Did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? This is the moment we ask for the blessing that lives within the ancient ashes that makes its home inside the soil of the sacred earth. So let us be marked not for sorrow and let us be marked not for shame. Let us be marked not for false humility or for thinking we are less than we are, but for claiming what God can do. What God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made and the stars that blaze in our bones and the galaxies that spiral inside the smudge we bear. Remember, from dust you have come and to dust you shall return. Remember, because God does, and God's steadfast love endures forever. Joan Chittister says it like this, the God who made us what we are knows what we long to be and waits with infinite patience as we become all that we can.